0: Sorry, there, I was muted. Hi,
1: how are you? I'm well, Deepa, how are you?
0: I'm good, good to see you. You
1: too, you look radiant. Thank you, so do
0: you. How's your foot healing? Oh, good. Okay, back to normal?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, It actually, my um, the tendon is like, Um, 10 times thicker like it's like instead of a thin band it made it a really big and I'm like I guess my body is like the collagen it just threw everything there and it's like don't do that I
0: can't (laughs) make it stronger than
1: ever (laughs) because I was already walking within three weeks um, and in a boot cast and all that and I didn't do the surgery because now Mm -hmm. they're um, under the mindset of let the body heal instead of intruding and stuff so I was thankful to hear that and I remember even when I went into the RN, and, and they were like, "What's your pain level?" I'm like, "About an eight." She's like, "Okay, do you want ty- Tylenol?" I was like, "No." She's like, "You're not taking yep. it?" I was like, "Nope." I let my body and I meditate and breathe and go through yep. the pain and I face the pain. And she was like, "They're
0: uh, like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, that's not normal." And I'm like, <laughs> "I know exactly." Yeah, I I broke my foot not too long before yeah. you broke yours, and um, it wasn't as bad as yours, but. Yeah. It's just, just a matter of time, right. And patience and just allowing the body to do its thing. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Which most people just want to like, go, go, go. Right.
1: Yeah. And I'm thankful for the lifestyle that I have that I'm able to slow down. So I understand other people, um, there's a lot that they're having to navigate through. And I think the biggest thing was really engaging with the inner critic and um, you know, the nervous system and you know, your default of how you're going to relate with your body and really coming with a gentle, kind voice with it, especially when there was raging that you can't do this or you can't get there and you have to do this. And this is an inconvenience and and really using that practice of in the moment, really engaging with that nervous system and that programming of wants to protect you yet. It's like, okay, it's okay. And take a breath and Mm
0: -hmm. we can take
1: our time and, you know, going into a, a more of a vertical, deeper, Level with that. And I think that is one of the biggest, I think, important things when speaking to people about the healing, how they're going to interact with themselves with that self-talk yep. and to not be all stunned and be shaming themselves that they shouldn't be talking. It's like, I understand that it's your nervous system putting up defense mechanisms to help protect you because of the irritation and the emotions that you're having to process and, mm-hmm. and navigate through. So I think that was a big part of my healing and really applying the practice.
0: Yeah. 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 And for me, it was like um asking for help, right? Cause I like to do things myself. I don't like to ask for help and I had no choice. <laughs> I had to ask for help. <laughs> exactly. So oh. it's like,
1: and then it's um for me too, it's the help. It's like and it's on their time, not yours, Matt. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Their time and their way. So you can't be like, no, do things that way. Do things that way. Right. And then for me, like it allowed me to, because sometimes like I've been wanting to like get a cleaning lady for so long, but I have like, I have this guilt that if I get a cleaning lady, like, what's my mom going to say? She's like, oh, you're so lazy. Like I do She And she wouldn't even say that, but I just make up these stories that, oh, you know, I do my cleaning myself. Why can't you do it? Right. And, uh, but after that incident, like I just didn't stop calling them, <laughs> like you guys can keep coming. So, so it just allowed exactly. me like the, give me the permission to, to continue with it. And my mom actually was like, oh yeah, I am glad you're continuing with it because like, you know, you get so busy and you don't, you don't really need to be doing that. So I was like, oh,
1: okay. I should have done this a long time ago. <laughs> exactly. And offload that. Um, you know, the responsibility yet, if you're generating currency in one way, it's like, okay, well, I want to enjoy my life. So if yeah. I'm able to supply an income for somebody else to do something, you know, they may, may or may not like it yet. It's still about enjoying your life and also being able to supply yeah. um, support and services to somebody else that I think sometimes we won't even look at that aspect. Yeah that it's yep. helping somebody else by yeah. employing them to do yep. the, the task that mm, I don't particularly like doing. Oh, yes. um, other people, they're like, Oh, I love it. I'm like, "Well, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot for me to get in that mood. And yeah. um, sometimes it's, you know, just free flowing, but a, a lot of times it's like, Oh my gosh, this is a mundane task. Actually, you know what? I'll introduce you to this podcast because okay. we're yeah. getting into parts that yeah. <laughs> uh, can be in the podcast. Okay. Welcome to the Lift One Self podcast, Deepa. I am so thankful you're here with me.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Nat.
1: Let's go into a grounding meditation before we start it off. So I'll ask you to close your eyes and begin breathing in and out through your nose. And just focus on your breath going in and out and allowing yourself to drop into the body. And whatever sensations or feelings that may come up, just let them rise up into the body and continue just focusing on your breath. And I'm going to ask you to create an intention that you want to bring forth in this podcast, in this conversation together. I'll ask you to formulate it in your stomach, create it, and then release it and let it go up through your nervous system and up into the mind and open up and blossom. And still continue focusing on your breath and allowing that intention to blossom some more. And when you're ready, at your own time, your own pace, gently open your eyes. How's your heart doing? Doing
0: great. Yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you for setting that stage. I think it really just calms the nerves down and just brings us into the present moment.
1: We met back in uh, 2018 or 19, I believe, and we organized an event for Dr. Shefali. And at the time, I know that your husband had a company called Living Proof, And I believe that was around the time that you were going to pivot and and join him in the company. Are you able to explain what Living Proof is and what you offer as a service and why you pivoted from your previous career to into being an entrepreneur with your husband?
0: Yeah, so we think of Living Proof Institute really as a movement, and it's a movement to help people live their best lives. And we believe that they can only do that once they have their health. So it's really focused on getting to the root cause of um, you know, chronic disease and symptoms. And really, for some people, it's just about optimization so that they are living to their fullest potential. And you know what? One of our our taglines is the doctor of the future is the patient. So we really believe in empowering um, people to become their own. Okay, well, we'll do this again,
1: okay. please, universe. <laughs> okay, <Yes. laughs> can you like allow technology in our communication and not have Deepa like feel like she's having to do a test over three times over? <laughs>
0: like come on now like we live Um, we live in Ontario it's not like we live across the world (laughs) exactly we're
1: like we're in the most modern country there is and why are we like not having the wi-fi that we need um internet like yeah it's yeah anyways that's another conversation where Canada is going but yeah oh
0: yeah (laughs) Living Proof Institute really is a movement, and our mission is really to empower people to be their own best doctors. So our tagline is "The doctor of the future is the patient." And so my husband started the company in two thousand and eleven. I joined. Uh, I joined him in about uh, two close to two thousand and thirteen. Okay. Uh, we were living in the U.S. at the time, and then you know we moved back to to Canada for a little while, and you know, at the time prior to him opening the business, I was practicing as a traditional pharmacist. And so, you know, sh- shifting gears to functional medicine was really um, different because, you know, a lot of people would think that it's completely opposite of what I, what I used to do. I used to give people drugs and now I'm taking people off drugs. But, um, you know, it's really about empowering people to just utilize the resources that they have and to know that there's a better way, right? And that um, when we get to the root cause and create health, then we're improving every aspect of our overall health and well-being.
1: How was the learning curve of going from, you know, traditional pharmacy, going into functional medicine? Did you find any difficulties or was it intuitive? What I know to be true with my experience with medical system, they don't get to the root cause. It's just giving medications and, you know, covering over symptoms where it's like, okay, but where are these symptoms coming from? Let's get to the root. So how was that experience from switching over?
0: Yeah. So basically, um, I guess you know, being married to my husband, who's a chiropractor, uh, when I was working in traditional pharmacy, I was actually working at St. Mike's um, in the oncology department. So I was seeing a lot of sick people, uh, pretty much end stage cancer. And that was the time that he was getting into functional medicine. And he would share a lot about what he was learning with me. And it really piqued my interest. And, um, you know, it really made me question a lot of the things that I was taught because I knew that there was a better way, right? Um, when we when I worked in the hospital, seeing all these patients, no one really asked them about their lifestyle, right? What are they eating? How are they sleeping? What's their digestion like? How's their stress? Um, what about their relationships? Right? Nobody asked them these deeper questions, and so it really it really piqued my interest. And of course, I had just graduated. Um, from school shortly after. So I wasn't really thinking of pivoting or or switching up careers. It wasn't until a few years later that I decided to shift gears and um, really believed in the mission and, you know, the, I guess, business that my husband was trying to create. So I just felt that we would just be much stronger doing it together rather than me Um, you know, working this pharmacy job, which yeah, yeah, it might've paid great, but there was just this, you know, there was a schism in terms of what my, you know, changing beliefs were at the time and what I was doing from nine to five, which is a huge part of your day. Right. So there was just this misalignment and um, I just didn't feel authentic. And, you know, part of switching was all the voices that come into your head, right? What's your family going to think? What are your parents going to think? They just invested all this money in your education and now you're kind of leaving it behind, right? And um, I wouldn't say I, I left it completely behind, like my education still serves me. It actually helps me a lot with clients because we see a lot of clients who are on multiple medications and I'm able to um, guide them and have them connect with their doctor to help them get off medication because ultimately I find that most people don't want to be on their medications, right? Mm-hmm. And if there's a better way to to manage some of their symptoms or um, diseases, then they they rather be off of them, right? Mm-hmm. So it actually it actually works very well, right? It's not uh, that contradictory. It actually is very complementary and. Um, you know, I think real people really appreciate the knowledge that I have with with that the conventional side, right? Yeah, so I kind of have is, both sides,
1: yeah, because it's a skill that's transferable because you can see the the flip side of it, and you can give the explanation of why the medication is there and what the body can actually function, and the big part is if the individual is willing to do the work. Yes, And that is the big part of functional medicine is that mm-hmm. you have to have a willingness to do the work of changing your lifestyle mm-hmm. and you're, you're bang on. Cause even when I was, you know, diagnosed with the lesions and I still don't have a diagnosis of why they were there. And I was in the hospital for almost 40 days and going through biopsies and you don't want to be in the medical system when they don't know what's wrong with you. Cause mm-hmm. you were like Frankenstein and um, a Guinea pig for a lot of things. And when I would ask, like, you know, what about the nervous system? Oh, that's we can't patent that. What about food? You know, nutrition. Oh, that can't be patent. Here's medication. And it's like, yet, you know, the nervous system and nutrition, they go coincide. And it's like, you're not even asking me about my lifestyle. You're not Mm -hmm. even asking me about any traumas that Mm -hmm. I had possibly, you're not even asking me like they'll ask, you know, the simple things of smoking or did you do recreational drugs or that, but you're not even asking like, am I an abusive relationship Mm -hmm. or, you know, and those things are big factors or how many jobs are you working? So all these different things that, that will deplete your health and deplete the energy that are not even being asked. And I do understand why cannot, because they're overloaded with patients. Yes. Quality cannot be there. You got 10, 15 minutes at the most to talk to somebody. So while you're you're really just intaking information, you're not listening, you're already trying to prescribe the medication for them for these symptoms to alleviate them and get them back online to be able to work and function in their lives. Yeah. And not really get to that route.
0: Yeah. It's the system is set up for acute care, right? If I broke my ankle or, you know, we've both broken yeah. our, our our feet or, you know, different bones, then you want, you want that system, right? You're not yeah. going to go to a functional medicine practitioner if you break your arm, right? No. It's set up for acute care. And, you know, I would say 90% of people that are showing up to the system are, you know, chronic case, right? They have chronic health conditions that, the acute system is not really set up to, um, you know, help them, right? Mm-hmm. It's set up to band-aid, like you said, you know, patch them up and get them back to work or get them just functioning at a minimum level, right? But when I worked in the pharmacy, because uh, I've worked in, you know, community pharmacy as well and retail pharmacy, and you know, patients would come in month after month or year after year, and they're not getting healthier, they're getting sicker right? They're getting put on more and more medication. They're taking a new medication to address the side effects that the previous one caused. And then they're taking another medication to address the side effects that that second one caused. And it's just this um, rabbit hole that you go down. Right. And so, um, you know, unfortunately it's, it's, I think doctors have, you know, great intentions. They went into the profession for great reasons, but the system really isn't set up for them to, Provide the level of care and time that patients really need, right? And to ask those deeper questions. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and it's very comp- compartmentalized as well, right? It's like, uh, you know, I know I've seen signs at doctor's offices that if you have more than one issue that you want to discuss with your doctor, you have to make a separate appointment for each issue. And then, you know, if something's going on with your heart, you got to go see the cardiologist. If something's going on with your joints, you got to go see the rheumatologist, right? It's That's not how our body works, right? No. It's one system. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the, the system is just very compartmentalized and doesn't really look at the person as a whole.
1: Yeah. Um, as I said, when I was in the hospital, I had five departments on me. Um, I think it was nuclear medicine, endocrinology. Um, neurology. I forget the two other ones, but there was, and endocrinology would tell neurology, no, it's this part and that part, but they wouldn't communicate. And I was like, why are these guys not communicating? Like my levels, these guys are telling me I should be in a coma. I shouldn't be functioning. They, you don't understand why my levels are, are like this and, and the way I'm presenting myself, but these guys aren't willing to talk to each other. You're like, placing kind of the work on somebody else. No, that's not my work. That's their work. And it's like, how are you like, my body's trying to communicate and you guys can't yes. even keep communicate with yeah. each other. So how is this helping me? So I, I got to really see the experience in depth being in that and seeing like, oh, no wonder so many things are slipping through the cracks because you guys aren't even able to create a system that you're communicating with each other. And being able to share information. And it's like one person shows up, oh, okay, we'll wait for the next person. And it's like, this is a lot of, like like my body's already dysfunctioning and not communicating (laughs) properly. Outside is not helping me neither. Um, So it was like, it was for me to see that visual and have grace and empathy of not criticizing a system, having an understanding of where the broken parts are. Because there are some great parts of the medical system that we we need. I just believe also, too, that there's not enough empowerment and education for people. And, to, you know, even for me, I would love it that in grade school, you start asking children to ask, like when you're prescribed a medicine, ask them, well, what, where is it in my body that this is producing? Like if you're giving me antidepressants or if you're giving me puffers, like What is it that my body's not producing that I need to take this medicine so that you get some understanding of your biology, that you, like you said, become that doctor and you start being that mad scientist to do your own research, not just rely on this medical system. Um, and come with every little ailment that you can start really being attuned with your body. Because my question is, it's not about how many people are on medication. I'm curious to know how many people are not on medication on on the planet, especially in North America, and even given Advil and Tylenol. Like people think, oh, well, it's not a prescription. It's still medicine. And to think that you still need that to be able to tolerate living life, that you have to come home almost every second night or whatnot, and then not recognizing how that's impacting other parts of your stomach, your liver, and these these systems that you need to work well to function a long-term life that's sustainable and that is well-being and that you have energy.
0: Can you give us the definition of what health is for you? I think health for me is about it's not about, you know, being pain-free or, or losing the weight or, you know, having our digestive issues result, uh, resolved. It's about what our health can do to help us live a life full of purpose, right? It's the vehicle that um, allows us to be a productive member of society, to have meaningful relationships, to live a full life and we can only really live to that fullest potential when we have our health in order mm-hmm. right so that that for me is really what the definition of health is is being able to live our to our highest calling that like you know when it comes to like one of the things that we really emphasize is really um covering the basics when it comes to health right like sleep and um digestion. Like there's so much you can do just from the comfort of your own home. Yeah. And it doesn't have to cost thousands of dollars, right? Like sometimes people think being healthy has to be expensive. Well, there's things that you already do on a day-to-day basis is just how can you optimize it? Right. Or how can you upgrade it? Yeah. So yeah, just really like honing in on, on that uh, aspect is that it doesn't, you don't need to buy 50,000 supplements or go spend hundreds and thousands of dollars just do the basics right yeah exactly and then, if you're still not better then dig deeper right
1: hey are you having difficulty being able to focus and be productive well I may have a solution for you and that solution is called magic mind it has done a world of difference in my world the brain fog's gone I'm able to focus, procrastination's gone, and productivity is up. So for you, the listeners, for the next 10 days, I'm able to offer you 40% off your subscription. Yeah, 40% off. So please go to the website www.magicmind.co forward slash L-I-F-T that is www.magicmind.co/lift and if you just want to try a sample make sure to use my discount code to get 20% off which is LIFT you have no idea what you need until you try it so give yourself the gift of trying for me what I what I tell people what pieces is, is homeostasis because mm-hmm. when you're good in your body you have peace you have joy you're yep. not irritated with every little thing. And when challenges come, you're able to face them and not feel burdened by them. Yeah, And so, you know, when people are like, peace, I'm like, oh, homeostasis you're looking for. Do you have that in your body? And some people are like, what's that? Like, what's and it's like, that's the, this is the language yeah. that we need to <laughs> develop in the world. So people understand what, you know, health and well-being really is. And I love how you said that the compartmentalize. It's like, no, like you, you can't separate the mind from the liver to the heart, to the nervous system, it's all functioning one and it all needs to communicate. It's funny when I hear, you know, mind, body, and soul, and then people are like, well, the brain is separate. It's like the brain is part of the body. Like it's not some other entity. Like the mind, like when you say mind, unless you're like going consciousness, but even that it's within the brain and the brain needs to function properly for you to be able to access the mind and be able to direct it, not be dragged by it all over the place. Mm -hmm. But when I'm hearing people like separate the brain, it's like, it's all one thing. Like, did you not realize (laughs) the brain is part of the body? Like, it's not some separate thing that's out there from the four agreements. You know, your word is impeccable. We really don't realize our language.
0: Yes. Like even,
1: and what I appreciated, like from the videos that I've seen with your husband is, you know, to cure cancer. And when you look at the definition of cure, it's hard and people don't even realize the languages. Even I was in Barbados for the summer and the reminder was like, it's not kids. Those are baby goats. It's children. Yeah. But we get so habituated with certain languages that we haven't even really looked at the definition and, and what we're really instilling in ourselves.
0: Yeah. And even even in just our children. Right. And, and um, the way we raise them, the language we use around health the beliefs that we instill in them around health. Like when my son is not feeling well, we empower him. We remind him of, of how amazing his body is and you really empower him to use his body to heal himself. Right. Yeah. We don't say, okay, now take Advil or Tylenol and this and that, like support your body with a lot of fluids, good nutrition, maybe a few supplements and watch the next day. You're going to feel better. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and some rest. Yeah, yeah exactly. Rest is like,
1: important that we don't yeah. have, like rest is part of the digestion and we want to go, go, go. And it's like you, the body needs some rest to be re, be able to regenerate.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as adults, when adults don't feel well, what do they do? They go to work, right? When kids don't feel well, I don't want to go to school. I want to sleep, right? They want to rest. And we've just been so we've been taught to just be so disconnected with our body and just outsource, you know, take this Tylenol, go to work, right? And just not be in tune with the signals that our body is giving us and that we need to listen to it. Right. And that it it trickles down into every, every area of our health, right. Anytime something that happens, we're taught not to take personal responsibility, right? We've been taught by the system that you just outsource everything, right. And not take personal responsibility. So, yeah.
1: Kudos on you. Cause I do the same with the twins. I do that with myself. Cause a lot of people are like, what do you mean? You're not taking pain medicine. And it's like, nope. I know I've learned to trust my body and I use my breath to ride the waves of pain. And I understand that might sound a little too much for you. However, I want to trust in the ability of my body. And I know Mm -hmm. that it's not here to harm me, even Mm -hmm. though pain sucks. Don't get me wrong, pain sucks. Yet I know that I have the ability and the capabilities to navigate through that. What I'm really frustrated with And um, this is my own personal view. So I know it might trigger some people on this podcast that might be listening. We had a narrative that, you know, Corona is very contagious and to stay home. Mm -hmm. And yes, and I was very thankful that now finally you're allowing people to stay home and rest and not infect other people. But really the important part of rest, don't go to work exhausting yourself with that. Yet now that there's these vaccines and now people that didn't want to get vaccinated can now return back to work, which I think that was a horrendous thing that we traumatized a whole population and made them go into certain debts that now the message is that if you have Corona, you can go back to work mm-hmm. and because we know that- you
0: have the vaccine, which
1: still- even if you
0: don't have the vaccine,
1: yep. you can go to work with Corona. Yep. And I'm like, have we not learned anything mm-hmm. in the three years? Cause it is three years now it's November yep. that China started to have it. Did we not learn anything yet? Um, I'm really triggered by the message that you can go to work with Corona mm-hmm. and we understand that people have severe symptoms with it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to just normalize this again and have a really, really sick population in the workforce And think that we're going to get better and that there's going to be pills that are going to make everybody just, you know, drink those energy drinks and take those pills to numb and you can just push your way through. And it's like, what are we doing in a society? Yeah. Why isn't anybody screaming at the top of their lungs? Like, are you insane? This is not acceptable.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it's like, you know, any illness that even before Corona, right? If you have the flu or a cold, stay home. Right. You know, it's not even about you. Like, of course, there is that, you know, you got to get yourself better, but you don't want to get other people sick either. Right. So it's basically just teaching people just to keep go, 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 go. Right. And not really listen to their body once again.
1: And know that, you know, people do get sick, it's okay to get sick, that's part of your immune system that's mm-hmm. been building, because viruses are always developing and viruses don't go away, they just go dormant. Yeah. And so you want to be able to, you know, have a robust immune system that so often, it has to process some stuff, and it sucks, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, it's that we have to control our mind of not being do 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 and just being the bee of resting. Yeah. And Allow the immune system to build and be able to adapt and evolve in whatever the world is going to be. Because, you know, climate change is a real thing. The icebergs melting, it's having an impact. These floodings that are happening, I, I'm I'm concerned and I really hope that we don't get a lot of snow this season. But we don't know. Like we've seen where rain has been displacing So many parts of the world. So what is the snow going to do? And once ice is melted, there's new viruses that have been here that were Mm -hmm. dormant that are coming in to the world. And so if you're always depending on something, your immune system doesn't even know how to create its own chemistry of, of medicine to be able to adapt because that's mm-hmm. what an immune system does it intakes the thing and it replicates and then it adapts so mm-hmm. that whenever it comes again it's not going to be impacted by it you know i'm thankful that you guys are leading a, a way that the voice that you have it may be a little bit small but it is growing because people are starting to take responsibility myself included mm-hmm. of i had to do a, a long <laughs> like a steep learning curve of functional medicine and really being attuned to myself and also advocating for myself. I'm yep. going to listen to this body because <laughs> what you guys keep telling me you're giving medicine and then there's going to be a hundred other symptoms I could get. No, thank you. Yes. Let me figure out what is going on internally. And thankfully for meditation, it, it allowed me to go deeper and really release a lot of things in my nervous system that mm-hmm. was blocking a lot of things and how I was relating with myself. And so, you know, thank you for championing this, this new way. And it's, it's, it's a path that hasn't been broken open. Like there are some people in the States that have broken it open yet. Pharmaceuticals are still trumping on the capitalism attached to pharmaceuticals is -hmm. still trumping. And, you know, there's, there's not enough of the placebo of empowering people to trust their body. to empower their mind, empower their systems. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being the living proof and living what you are offering. So you're walking the talk that you're actually living it and, you know, applying what you're offering to other people in your own personal life. So thank you for that. I'm going to bring you into a reflective question. Okay. I'm going to ask you to bring your awareness now to your 18 year old self. And you're able to give your 18-year-old self three words to bring her along the journey to now. What would those three words be?
0: Those three words. Does it have to be like a sentence or can it just be Whatever you need. Okay. Okay. Whatever you need. I would say love, compassion,
1: and presence. Can you explain the definitions and why you would need those three words?
0: Yeah, I mean I think, you know, love being the most, you know, highest vibration emotion that we can experience can just carry us through whatever we're experiencing in life. Um compassion, just being more compassionate with myself. Um, you know, I think as human beings, we all have a tendency to be very judgmental with ourselves and Uh, just really having more of that compassion towards ourselves and being more kind to ourselves. And then, right. It's just about living in the present moment. that's what we have right now, right. Not thinking so much about the future or the past. And I know as busy moms, like our minds are everywhere. We're trying to do so many things all at once that being present can be challenging. Right. And that's what our kids are here to teach us, to bring us back to the present moment, smell the flowers, Come play with me. Um, and just living more in that present moment is, is where life's at. Is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners?
1: Did you hear that?
0: Yes, I okay. did. Yeah. Okay. I would say, um, you know, just really taking that responsibility because there's empowerment in that responsibility, right? When we know that we've created um, a certain outcome in our lives, whether it's a certain symptom or, you know, disease, like when we take ownership of that, that actually is very empowering, right? It's not about blame or shame. It's about um, knowing that we played a part in creating that. And when we know that, then we're able to take a part in uncreating it as well. Right. So um, I would say just really taking personal responsibility with our, with our health, being more in tune with our bodies and just doing the simple things, right? Like prioritizing sleep, drinking more water, right? Eating less processed foods, chewing our food more, going out for walks in nature, getting our vitamin D, right? And really just, um, simplifying health doesn't have to be complicated, right? Just simplifying things. And those little simple shifts can really take us a long way.
1: Because what I know to be true in my own experience is to have change, you need to acknowledge. Because until you acknowledge, you're not able to step into the portal of change. Mm -hmm. How do you assist the people that come to the Institute? How do you help them to be able to acknowledge
0: yeah. So I think we're, we're quite fortunate because most of the clients that we see ha- are coming to us because they have already acknowledged that. Okay. And, um, and they've, you know, most of the people that come to us are through referrals, mm-hmm. um, just cause they've heard great things. Um, so they're kind of already have that, um, acknowledgement and they're ready to kind of take that next step of personal responsibility and, and transformation.
1: Yeah, because that's the biggest thing of of being willing and ha- and being able to acknowledge, and that is a big step to have to see your part. And yeah. we're so habituated to blame outside of ourselves that if it's outside of y- yourself. You're not able to do anything about it because something else has control over it. So when you can acknowledge whatever parts there are, then you, as you said so beautifully, be able to take part in undoing it um, and shifting it. Where can the listeners find you?
0: Uh, So they can find me on social media. So uh, my Instagram is um, Deepa Chohan RPH. I'm sure you'll, you know, maybe provide a link. You can find me on Facebook. Um, Our website is thelivingproofinstitute.com. So a variety of different places. They'll be all in the show notes. I want to thank you for
1: extending your time because that's the most valuable thing that we have and sharing your knowledge and your experience and the opportunity for the listeners to engage in something different that they may. You know, I know that they will truly benefit if they inquire with you, Um, because if they've had a lot of frustration in the medical system, this is another uh, way that I know there is tremendous benefit in education and knowledge that you will hand over. Thank you for showing up in the way that you do in the world, Deepa.
0: It is greatly appreciated. So thank you. Thank you, Nat, for having me. I appreciate you. Remember to be kind to yourself. Thank you.
1: As you can hear, there were many technical difficulties recording this podcast. So I appreciate you and your time for making it all the way here. If you found anything of interest in this podcast, please share it out. Please help grow the community of Lift Oneself. And if you have any suggestions or questions, send us an email at liftoneself@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Until next time, please remember to be kind with yourself.